and we've discovered quantum reaction, and so we're going to quantum react some power the whole world, except then we <laughs> quantize the whole world and all life, except for human life, because humans are different and special, uh, gets the synthesis <laughs> ending for Mass Effect 3, and they become... It's um, <laughs> totally true, too. Welcome to Annie Files, episode 30. I'm your host, the hot student council president looking for my sister, Ryan. With us today, we have the hot vice president and hacker extraordinaire, Chris. Yo. And the hot, slightly effeminate student council secretary, Dean. I'm slightly effeminate. You That's my whole character. <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, hey, and, uh, we're here to talk about anime, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> why do this, we subject ourselves to this? Uh, that is a really good question to which I, I, w- I do not know the answer. <laughs> I would say like for our peoples, for the audience, but eh, I guess, I guess those five people out there still, they matter. So we're doing it for you guys for you guys hashtag those hashtag those five matter (laughs) (laughs) Uh, five lives matter yeah we're here to talk about some (laughs) adventure anime uh chris Hmm. would you like to explain our rating system i will do that let me pull up the scripts (laughs) (laughs) I completely forgot that that's a thing we're doing at the beginning of the show now. Ah! Nope. So I forgot to warn you that I was, was that going to bed? ask you to do that. No, <laughs> no that, was, that was the Rocket League Championship on Twitch that started playing okay. loudly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, one sec. All right, so this is the Andy Files rating system. Our hosts have watched the first episode of each show we are, we are reviewing today. Based on that first episode alone, each host will answer five yes or no questions to determine their score. Did the art impress you? Did the audio impress you? Did the storytelling impress you? Did the first episode hook you? And did anything else about the show stand out to you? This wording makes the Antifiles rating system system tougher than some. If a host says they were impressed, it means the show is at least above average in that area. And some hosts may have higher standards than others. Each question answered yes earns the show one point, and these points add up to a total score between zero and five per host. The host's individual scores are then combined to determine a show's final rating from zero to 100%, letting you know at a glance whether the show impressed our hosts. And now, let's get to our first show. Our first show is Butler's Battlers, a show which has neither butlers nor battles. (laughs) Except in, like, the last five seconds. Except in, like, the last five... Oh, and uh, the outro, which I only watched half of because I thought Crunchyroll Roll had started auto-playing the second episode. Uh, <laughs> um, it's like, nope. <laughs> yeah, so I so just... I think we... I just... I think we know at least one of your scores. 
stopped <laughs> there and uh and then saw in my history that I had like a minute and a half of the show left or something. Um Butler's Battlers is presumably a show about magic butlers who battle. That's what like the last thirty seconds set up. But the entire they first, want us to think. The entire first episode is just about the student council president at this school. And it's an Otome, so all the characters are hot dudes. Uh, they all have the exact same nose. Uh, that's all I remember about this show. It was What makes one character hot versus another is hairstyle. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like that's, the, ex- that's the only difference. Uh, they, they have different eye colors. But I think other Oh, I forgot. I forgot the depth of this show completely. It completely, I completely missed it. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's also the the one thing that each of them are known for, like for example, being the slightly effeminate one, or being the cool hacker, or being the uh, the calm, cool, collected, but also apparently like really uh, cunning and manipulative one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. The um, you know you're in a good time or in for a good time when they introduce every male character with a title slate and bokeh. Mm-hmm. Um, I hate that so fucking much. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. I cannot stand that. It makes me upset. I I get. It's, I, it makes me physically ill. It's kind of universally the sign of a bad show. Like I don't know that we've <laughs> liked any of the shows that have those title card intros. I think the only one that we might um, would be one that's. A parody like they're satirizing that um but i don't think we've seen that so far to my knowledge yeah um so my ratings for the show did the art impress me no uh i kind of liked the style but everyone had the exact same face uh and was only differentiated by their hair did the audio impress me no, it didn't really stand out. Did the storytelling impress me? No. Well, no. <laughs> it did stand out in a bad way. Uh, it certainly didn't impress me. Did the first episode hook me? No. Anything else stand out? Uh, no. Uh, Chris, you want to... Yeah, straight nose. I'll just keep this quick. <laughs> Dean? Uh, nose all the way down. The only thing that stood out about this show was just how nonsense it was. In fact, that's mm-hmm. my one... I take notes while I'm watching. That's the only note I have for this show. Just the word nonsense with a period. Yeah. Uh, was it this one or was it one of our other shows? It's one of the other ones think there was one show that i watched this week that i was just like what the hell is even going on like they just jumped scenes every i think that's the next one maybe yes you are uh well kind of uh we'll talk (laughs) about that when we get there um cool uh 
There was something I wanted to bring up about the storytelling in this show and how bad it was. Like, I feel like I had an example, but I don't remember it now. It, did it's, it have anything to do with the um, the ridiculous grudge the one guy has over his sister? No, it didn't, but... uh oh. Yeah, that... That's a good point. <laughs> <laughs> the, the guy's sister just, like, fucking disappears in a blast of magic. And, like, magic is nothing new to these people, apparently. But somehow this magic went wrong. Like, she was she was inside the magic beam, and it was okay. And then she, she said goodbye, and all of a sudden things weren't okay. And then she disappeared, and things really weren't okay. Uh, <laughs> so we were led to believe. <laughs> and their main character I and this other that. guy. I totally missed that. Her disappearance, it, it, I didn't even catch that. That was lost on me. Yeah, they kept they kept doing the whole like flashback thing where it's like we're getting hints of his past, which is like first of all, why the hell does being like the student council president matter now when like apparently this other big thing is happening? Although I guess there was mm-hmm. some implicit thing about like this school, like whoever runs this school controls the world, or at least the world as far as our our uh, show is concerned, which apparently is actually kind of a trend in this particular um, season, although it's yeah. not new in general. Uh, and so, yeah, like in the, there was even that one sort of like hint of um, like he meets this one girl who's like trying to confess to him and he's just like he sees the necklace that she's wearing and it looks like the one his sister had when she disappeared. And so he's like, oh, I'm not interested in you. And maybe it's because of just the fear of loss. You know, it's, there's like her being in that position wearing that necklace means that she also has the chance to disappear in a cloud of magic. Um, and so he just doesn't want to be hurt like that again. I did like how she calls him off to the side and he knows exactly what's going on. And so he just gets like super close and personal and he yeah. like gives her necklace a good once over and is like, he looked like I'm he was going to try and bone her right there. He did. It like was right so there good. on the pavilion. Just clearly knows what's up. He's not like, is she going to confess to me? He's like, hmm, let's see. Uh, nope, not interested. Okay. <laughs> and then just fucks off. Uh, I, I, I lied during my ratings. I'm not going to change my ratings, but something else or something did stand out. How fucking awful the set design is in this show. Good God, right? Like the. Uh, there's, there's detail in all the wrong places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, how, what is the positioning of this old building they set themselves up in compared to the actual school? Because we only get one shot of this old building from the outside, and it's just like a fucking random mansion in the wilderness. Like, there is nothing it, around. It looked like, until it they looked do this. like the mansion from Darling in the Franks, like, it it, in that environment and everything. Like, it looked exactly like that. And then... Uh, we get the exact same shot later, except with the stage added so that they can do the ceremony. It, yeah, I think this kind of speaks to, um, like, the show kind of, to me, screams of, let's just take a mishmash of things we know are popular in anime um, and make a show out of it somehow. Uh, so, like, you know, in, in Darling in the Franks pulls that aesthetic of, like, kind of Victorian country mansion um, but like for, you know, an actual story reason, this is just like, Hey, Victorian country mansion and also butlers because but- apparently butlers are popular. And, uh, what else is popular? Uh, battlers, uh, we're going to do butlers and battlers, which is a thing that has never been done before in anime. 
We're, we're going to make main character this super hot, super cool, got all this shit together, Siscon. And we're gonna make we're gonna make this entire show basically this whole show to me looked like a dating sim aimed at otaku females. Yes, it except, is. It's Otome. Uh, oh, yeah, nice. except except bad and stupid, uh, uh, which I suppose that's what that would be anyway. But this uh, I suppose did not surprise me in that it was bad and stupid. I like some depth in my dating sims. Thank you. <laughs> give me actually, give me a like goal. Give me a goal in my dating sims. Best dating sim ever, though. Doki Doki Literature Club. Go play it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a uh, that that's more uh, more akin to Caligula than it is to this. Shh. Um, <laughs> I don't really have much else to say about this show. I think just really bad set design. Um, was this? No, there was another show. No, it was this show? I think it was this show. There's one show I noticed where they would move every character into frame into the exact same pose, the main character in front, and yeah, it was this show, and uh, the three other student council members behind him, like the exact same pose in every frame, but they came in at different times to the frame so that then they could stand facing the frame and talk at you. Right. It's a dating sim. It's every character is posed like this and they're just they're just like talking <laughs> at you. It's it's a dating sim. <laughs> I'm just going to do the battles. Re- the rest of the podcast. Oh fuck, I need a dating sim pose. I actually don't play enough dating sims. Dean, give me a dating sim pose. <laughs> I'm just going to do the rest of the podcast like this. <laughs> For those who are not benefiting from the video talk feed. Talk at you, yeah. If you don't he's have the video right the camera, feed, you are missing kind of out. Like one, one, one hand up, but sort of like laid flat like he's holding an invisible tray. Uh, yeah, anyway. I wish I, I wish I had a standing up desk like Dean. Um, if you want an action dating sim pose, here you go. Same thing, hand in the pocket. Only difference is you draw the arm different. You have it kind of cross the body with the hand out like that and sort of... <laughs> Sort of like that, but you gotta try to be gone, Satan. Right, exactly. <laughs> Before we move on from this one, though, just like real quick, I want to hit upon again the uh, the whole weird grudge thing. So again, we get like oh, weird yeah. flashbacks to like my you my you know like there's the, ob- the obvious foreshadowing of like oh something bad's about to happen to his sister, and that's why he's a sad boy now. Uh, and then. You know, she goes off and it's like, you you make sure you protect her no matter what. Like, I would go, but people aren't letting me because apparently, like, brothers are supposed to protect their sisters, but not actually. Um, <laughs> and then... Yeah, from a distance, later, apparently. <laughs> and, and so, like, he, he sees this guy who's apparently just, like, an amazing uh, barista. Um, and he uh, goes in... Uh, yeah, he's the, the, he's the barista who... Barista. Oh, my God! Who um attracts all these girls to this cafe since he's the new barista who's um uh very handsome and also is able to do latte art. Um and then uh he, he runs across MC and MC was like, Oh, it's you and he tracks him down, it's like, I am angry at you because you were with my sister when she you know, the thing happened that we saw in the flashback. And yeah. Also, Ryan has something to say. Also, so in that first flashback they set up, or like one of the first ones uh, they establish that he's not allowed to go with them to whatever the fuck. 
then in the yeah. scene where she disappears, he is there. <laughs> he's, he's there. And so he sees that it wasn't this guy's fault either, unless there was something that we missed. And so, like, dude, I'm just, I'm going to fight you because she disappeared on my watch and you were there. And also, that is cafe the... guy just doesn't remember what happened. Like, oh, well, fuck, the princess disappeared. So I guess that's it. Time to just pretend like I don't remember who I am. <laughs> make owls and lattes. Also, this is the second second show this season with latte art. The first show with latte art was demonstrably better. It was, and it still wasn't great. <laughs> right. <laughs> Again, it's it's one of those like you know latte art in cafes, uh, especially kind of like you know small like you know kind of artsy cafes. Th- those are in this season, kind of like redheads were in the first episode. Oh yeah. Um, so they're, they're just looking at the stats and they're looking at the trends, and it's kind of like one of those things. Like there's a, there's a magazine that comes out quarterly that's like, hey, here's what's in and out for anime this season. Uh, and the stats are saying that like redheads and latte art, uh, those are the things you need to include if you want to uh, if you want to boost your your uh, your viewership this season. So, but uh, pro what, tips. What show was it? Yotsuru Yotsuiro Biori. I can't pronounce that. Getting all tongue tied. <laughs> did it did it better because they had both latte art and redheads in the same show. Yep. And uh, Butler's Battlers has no redheads. Uh, Chris, you want to tell us about uh, Caligula? Let me do that. <clears throat> so, uh, Caligula was the Roman emperor from AD 37 to AD 41, uh, the son of Germanicus, a popular Roman general. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, this will become relevant here in a second. Uh, so, Caligula, uh, I watched, is one of the first shows I watched, and this was a couple weeks ago, so my memory is not great, um, but it's kind of a personal policy that when I'm giving synopses, I like to do it from memory. Um, and so that will tell you something about the show that I can barely remember what happened. Um, essentially my understanding of it is there is, um, a evil ghost vocaloid, um, who I guess is getting in people's heads or creating some alternate reality or something like that, where she sings this song and anytime someone listens to this song, um, people start going crazy. Like, uh, one person goes, like, hyper-violent. I get the impression it's some um, uh, artsy BS about, like, my, my darkest self comes out and I lose all inhibitions and I just sort of pursue my basal fantasies when the song plays. Um, and at some point near the end, they're in a, a ceremony. I think it's, like, a graduation ceremony or something. Um, and one creepy guy comes up, I guess he's like the representative for some class and he's like, um, you know, saying some nonsense and then, uh, some music starts playing and most of the students turn into zombies and start attacking and raping people. Um, and then, uh, MC runs out with uh, love interest, um, and, uh, almost gets shot by a guy who has this massive gun that's, uh, shooting at some zombies behind them. And that's more or less where it leaves off. Oh. Um, uh, the aesthetic of the creatures, the, the gym, they like turn into gym monsters, like really dark yeah, they, purple, purple gemstone monsters. Yeah, which they, is, they uh, uh, borrowed that's, assets from uh, Metal Gear Survive. Apparently, right. that's, apparently that's gem with an E, not gem with a Y. If, if you were confused, <laughs> I was also yeah, confused. No. Yeah, with a, with a, no, with an E, gem, like like they turn into big, they, like their arms turn like crystalline and purple, and they turn into these like violent monsters for some reason uh, which I thought was well let me th- dumb dumb it was absolutely <laughs> stupid 
So the reason the reason I wanted to bring up Caligula, actually, the the Emperor, um, and the, probably the namesake of the show. Also, apparently, it's an adaptation of a game that came out like a month before. Um, it's a JRPG, um, and so. Caligula was actually known, um, I'm just going to read from the Wikipedia page here because it's convenient. Um, the first, There are a few surviving sources about the reign of Caligula, although he is described as a noble and moderate emperor during the first six months of his rule. After this, the source is focused upon his cruelty, sadism, his extravagance, and sexual perversion, uh, presenting him as an insane tyrant. And I think that's generally the theme of all the other media that's been done about Caligula uh, since. And um, I think that that's pertinent because clearly what they're going for is like in our society that uh you know they're probably criticizing some technology or social trends whatever the case might be but um we live in an age of excess and so they're saying that like when people are sort of left to their own devices this is what they become um and so there's probably some dark deep dark theming that they're trying to go for there um this show is incredibly pretentious yeah, it's very oh yeah. Dangerous. This dude's studying. This dude's studying uh, psychology and philosophy, and he's like, he's constantly. But the show back obviously doesn't want you to take it psychology seriously because they mention Freud. <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. I, I'm glad I'm not the only one that noticed that. Yeah, that bothered so, the shit out of me too. The dude who's been funny. shown to be wrong in a lot of cases, you you bring him up as if he's an authority. <laughs> uh, what's funny is that the game is actually published by Atlas. It's not developed by Atlas, and so it's kind of like we're going to try to be Persona, which was Jungian, but instead we're going to go with Freud, and we're going to be terrible. Uh, so take that as you will. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, quickly to give my ratings: um, visuals impressive, kinda not enough to make get, get, let me give it a one for that. Um, audio actually did impress me. Like the music was kind of cool and the sound design was kind of interesting. Um, so I'll give it some props there. Like uh, if you're kind of into the sort of um, Vocaloid aesthetic musically, um, really cool opening actually, I have to admit. Um, so that, that sort of portion of the presentation was cool. Um, let's see, other questions were storytelling. No, uh, it was terrible and disjointed and um, again, pretentious. They're trying to like make these deep points, but kind of doing it in a, lame way like the, the i love the one conversation where they're walking down the street and mc's talking about like philosophical things um or psychological things and everyone's like oh man you just overanalyze everything and then like it just that's kind of just a recurring theme for the first half of the episode um and then let's see first episode hook me no definitely not um anything else stand out yeah, the pretension and the kind of the weird presentation. Like, it was creative to a point. Like, it was one of those things where it's clearly trying to be the next persona of a sort. Um, and when I found out that it was actually based on a video game, it started to make a lot more sense, too. Um, but, yeah, that didn't stand out to me in a good enough way for me to give it a point. So, there's just my one for the audio. Just your... Uh, oh, hey. Okay. Hey. I I thought you also gave it a point for the art. My bad. Uh, oh yeah, no, I said it, it almost did, but not quite. Okay, yeah. Dean. Yeah. Um. Did the art impress me? No, it did not. Uh, I did not find anything about the art in the show particularly impressive. Did the audio impress me? Um. Not really. Uh. I think I think Chris is probably right. It's just it doesn't hit me that way. So I'm gonna say no, even though. He's probably correct. Um, storytelling impressed me. Not in the slightest. First episode hooked me. Not in the slightest. Uh, did anything else about the show stand out to me? 
Yes, and this is a positive thing. Uh, this show did a really interesting turn. And they did a turn in a really cool and interesting way that you, that you don't... That actually you kind of see in, in, other, in, other, in other media and whatnot. But this was kind of interesting in that the way that they did it, they, they chose to do the, the kind of... Um, it looked like a VHS kind of glitch, sort of. Uh, sometimes, and they would have, like, and when the song played, things would get glitchy in the world, and it would be weird. Um, I kind of like that aesthetic, and I thought that was kind of cool. I'm not sure if it actually fits the story they're telling. Uh, it fits something more like The Matrix, I think, than this, whatever this is. Uh, but I, I did think that was really cool. As it, as the, as it started to turn, as the tone started to turn... They did some interesting things artistically, and, and I thought that those were, were pretty cool. So, one point from me for the least important thing about the show. <laughs> um, I liked this show way more. Did the art impress me? I'm going to say yeah. Um, this show gets a lot of points for me just for its OP. It had a really excellent OP. Mm-hmm. Uh, did the audio impress me? Yeah, I thought the audio was pretty good. Um, uh, did the storytelling impress me? Yes, actually. They did this really neat thing, um, which at first I thought was bad, and then later in the episode I started to think was intentional. Uh, where they do all these like weird cuts and everything's disjointed and it feels like they're actually using that to kind of uh, show you how MC feels they set up later in the episode that MC feels like he's losing his grip on reality and it definitely it's feels like this they isn't reality definitely feels like they kind of slowly ramped that stuff up uh, going uh Throughout the show, yeah, that was pretty well done. I'll give so, it that. It did feel intentional to me, and then mm-hmm. because, it, like the very end, we see that these aliens have the ability to like rewrite the past, or alter the past, or go back in time, or something that's not what the fuck. In, I, that didn't not. I didn't catch anything like that. Uh, was it? Yeah, at there's the end? a. They so they it is at the end. It was at the end. They do oh, okay. a a really cool. Out shot where uh well it's not really cool they do a shot after the third year representative gives his speech the first time everyone is outside in the courtyards talking they show a shot of the cherry blossoms and then the cherry blossoms um unbloom like they're going back in time and then kind of like Rebloom, but not to the same point to kind of show that we're earlier in time. And then it's uh, the third year representative going up on stage to give his speech again. And the main character realizes he gets deja vu or something, realizes he's been there before, stands up, goes, what the hell are you? Everyone looks at him and then the aliens appear. So that was that was neat the way they set all of that up. Did the first episode hook me? Not particularly. Nothing else really stood out. If you want to watch something called Caligula, just go back and watch the 1979 porno produced by Penthouse and starring Malcolm McDowell. 
sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a, just let it, that it, one it, hang on the air for a minute. <laughs> Malcolm McDowell from Clockwork Orange plays Emperor Caligula in a film that's full of unsimulated sex scenes and orgies. So, yeah, it's actually it's actually it was originally meant to be a better movie than it ended up being. But uh, yeah, just go back and watch that if you want to watch something called Caligula. And just play some uh, play some Vocaloid over it, and you'll have the full effect. <laughs> right. <laughs> I really liked that song. Yeah, it was actually. Kinda if you cool. like, if if you like, it actually seemed to be pretty high quality. I don't like that kind of music, but it actually seemed to be pretty high quality in that it didn't sound like everything else I've heard. You know what I mean? It seemed mm-hmm. to be a little bit unique and interesting. Um, so yeah, that was that was true. I did want to. I hate to call back. I hate to. I hate to move backward, but I did want to point out uh, in the previous show we were talking Butler's Battlers. There's a scene where he goes into a greenhouse and the door closes behind him, and then the frame shifts and he starts walking towards somebody, and then they play a door closing sound effect. So I wanted to point that out real quick. Uh, that's how good <laughs> that show is. Anyway, Caligula. Yeah. Um, I just had a hard time following this. I, I thought it was kind of... I don't want to say hard time following this. I had a hard time caring about this. Mm. I I had a hard time... As I'm watching it, I had a hard time just... Like, why am I meant to... This is... So, a Vocaloid controls the world? I don't care. I don't get it. I don't care. I thought it was neat. And it's super pretentious, high school bullshit... And the show doesn't even know what it's talking about, which makes it better. Right. Uh, and it's super cheesy. This show is right up my alley. I love this so much. I think much. I would, I, I I would say the editing that, like, was this, great. The editing was amazing. This is one that like, I would watch it in anime night. Like, this is one where if someone put it on and that was just like kind of the thing we were watching and poking fun at as we watched it, you know, MST3K it. Um, I, I could see myself watching the show. <clears throat> it's not this something that was... probably a really good social watch, yeah. 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 Definitely not something I'm going to be like, hmm, what do I want to do with my Saturday afternoon? Ooh, I need to catch up on Caligula. No. Um, But on a Saturday evening with some friends, toss that on, have a few drinks, uh, tweet out the stupid stuff for saying while we watch it. 10 out of 10. Uh, Oh, the... I mean, this is just rehashing the same same points we've already made, but I want to do it because it's fun. Um, <laughs> when he, the main character is on the train with his friend, and he's talking about the four windows or whatever, uh, and she's like, there's the hidden category. What if there's something someone doesn't want to know about themselves and main character just pauses and like, oh, that's really deep. I hadn't considered that. As if this is some <laughs> new idea in psychology. Just, <laughs> that's we'll exactly what that show. means. That's exactly what that section meant. That's why it's called <laughs> hidden. I don't understand. I don't. Why? Well, why the, is this the... a revelation? <laughs> It's intro to psychology, dude. It's not. It's not meant to appeal to us who know about psychology. It's meant to appeal to those who are interested in psychology. It's very much a show it. for like, like freshmen, high schoolers, people who are like just right. starting to think about the world, and like to to someone, like yeah, this is brand new and like 
Whoa, what if there are things about myself that even I don't want to know? Oh, God. But, like... <laughs> oh, my God. You've just described... You've just described exactly the kind of person that I probably was at one point and hate to my core. <laughs> <laughs> well, I definitely was that person at some point. Like, it's just a phase you have to go through as you're learning more about the world and yourself. Um, right. And then you get... You, you, at some point, you think you're super deep. The, and it's just... Uh, the kind of... I hate that. I hate looking back on my life. <laughs> <laughs> the kind of dissonance here is that main character is supposed to be like well read on psychology already and so like this should be a thing that he already knows about uh, right that's what stuck out to me next show Dean you want to talk about Kakurio bed and breakfast for spirits I will talk about this show so I watched this show this morning and uh, I don't remember much about it, <laughs> if that tells you anything. Uh, so I started watching this show, fired it up. Basically what we have here is a story of a, uh, a girl. This is a story of a girl who cried a river and drowned the whole world. Uh, while she looks so sad in photographs, I absolutely love her when she smiles. That's, that's, that's kind of the feeling. No, it's, um, <laughs> this is... This is a a uh, a show where this this girl uh, can see spirits. She was saved apparently as a kid by a spirit, and uh, and she can from that point forward she can see them. And this caused her mother to leave her apparently, and um, you just lock her in a room somewhere and forget about her. Right. Except exactly. a room yeah, that I think looks she was, a she room was saved actually a room after her mother left. It's a room right. like. Presumably in her house, because where else is it gonna be? That's like gotten walls made of concrete. Yeah, exactly. It's it's a weird vault. Like she's just like locked in this in this in in a bunker. Um, so it was actually like I think it was straight up the same apartment as the girl who could see spirits from um what was the one show uh Ancient Mage's Bread um. Like, Ooh, apparently that's, that's, yeah. that's just the type of apartment that you live in when you see spirits and your parents hate you because of it. Sure. <laughs> that's, that's how it seems to me as well. But, um, yeah, so, so what she does is she has to go live with her granddad as a kid. And her granddad apparently also sees spirits. And uh, he's telling her about this stuff and stuff like that. We find out later on that her granddad is a total piece of shit because... He sold his granddaughter into indentured servitude and 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 into uh, a a forced marriage with this spirit of uh, of a uh, they call him an ogre, but he actually looks more like the yeah the classic... uh, the subtitles were really bad because he's an yeah. oni, which you translate yeah, as exactly. oni, <laughs> or if you right. really want he... to translate it, because us Westerners don't know what onis are, <laughs> demon. I think it's closer demon than spirit, ogre. It's roughly a demon mm -hmm. spirit, but it's not necessarily the the mythology of the oni is that it's not necessarily always a bad guy. It's it, but it's scary. It's a scary thing. Um, and this oni, he uh, he wears an oni mask, that kind of classic with the big teeth that go up and down and horns, and um, he wears this mask, but it's not his face. He kind of pushes it to the side to eat. Because underneath, he's dreamy. Right, exactly. He's super sexy. 
And so, uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> and the, um, what was I saying? Oh yeah. So she ends up meeting this, this Oni. Typically she doesn't like to talk to or interact with the spirits because it can be dangerous. So this, she walks by this Oni and it says it's hungry. And so she gives it some food and then walks away. And the next day she finds there's so there's something left there for her. And she's kind of like, oh, it was, it was nice. Okay. So she opens it up, immediately gets transported to, uh, another realm where the spirits live. And, um, you might this, say she uh, was spirited away. You might say that. <laughs> and the um, the Oni basically says, "So uh, yeah, you're my you're uh, you're my bride. You're kind of like an ancient mage's bride." And uh, the <laughs> the um, the uh, <laughs> fuck, I hate the show. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> We end up finding that the granddad used to go back and forth between the realms, and he stayed at this hotel. This this uh this um almost almost like a yokai apartment life, and so he stays at this at this hotel that's run by this oni, and it uh basically he racked up a bunch of debt, and he said, "Oh fuck it, yeah, I'll just wait. This will make it better." Fuck it, yeah, just take my <laughs> fucking granddaughter, I guess. Uh, <clears throat> and so this Oni is now, like, the, the, he owns the granddaughter. Now he can marry the granddaughter because the granddad sold her to a fucking s- demon spirit. I, and so the, the uh, yeah, that's that's basically where we are with the story because not too long after that, I fell asleep. So... This show actually put me to sleep, and I missed the last five to ten minutes. Of it. Oh, see the so, I really like. I, I sus- oh, sorry. I really liked the end of the show, just because it ends. Or wait, was it the end or was it in the middle? Fuck, I don't even remember now. <laughs> I think it was the middle. No, um, she actually like cries herself to sleep. Like, was my granddad actually a horrible person? Yes, yes, he was. <laughs> I, I saw that special. I just totally spilled my freaking monster over myself. No, um, yeah, when she was like that, I was like, I don't know. He fucking sold you to a ghost. Yes, he's bad. <laughs> um, I, I think that where they're going with this, they're like very strong hints. Of like, first of all, they they have like uh, even the servants at the um of the oni at this thing because he's like the the master of this inn and apparently very influential. Um. Oh, like, oh, I can't believe that, like, you know, he'd want to marry a, a puny human like you. Like, what's the what's the idea here? Um, and so, like, first of all, there's kind of like a Beauty and the Beast style, like, um, like he sees like the kindness in her or something like that, and that's why he's uh, why he's attracted to her. But then also, <clears throat> I do get the impression that they're gonna like have some turn later in the se- series where uh, it turns out the grandfather did this like not just as like a hey, I was being irresponsible and I did this thing to get out of it, but more of like a she is the key to such and such, and that's why I want to set her up with the Oni guy, because if they get married, then it's the bridge between worlds, and I don't know. Uh, they're going to they're gonna justify it somehow later. I can I can feel that coming. Oh, yeah. that yeah, the, This what, show was yeah. really creepy to watch, because she obviously doesn't want to marry this spirit, and uh, it obviously she's going to come around and marry this spirit and the whole thing was just like 
how are they going to justify this? It's creepy and gross, and and yeah, they're gonna. Granddad's gonna end up not being a bad person, and they do set that up a little bit at the end, the last shot, where we see some other spirits off on a mountain, and one's like, "A human bride has arrived at the inn." Another one is like, right before the ceremony. That's interesting. The prophecy. Fuck me sideways. (laughs) No, here's I found another thing they fucking ripped off from. So so far we have uh, ripoffs of elegant yokai apartment life, ancient mage's bride, and I have something else to add to the fucking list. Okay, so spirited away. Our oni, well, spirited away too. Yeah, our (laughs) oni, our oni in this show. He's, a, he's attracted to her. He tells us explicitly he's attracted to her because he wants to fucking eat her. But he can't oh, eat yeah, her right. because he's he's going to marry her because he can't eat her. But he, he <laughs> wants to eat her, which is fucking Twilight. Right. <laughs> I was thinking that same thing. Uh, so the, the kicker, Dean, this is the part that you missed because you fell asleep. Is that actually what the show's going to be? We, we found out at the very end is it's actually just another uh, cafe show. Um, what she's going to do because she couldn't find work anywhere in the end was she's going to open an eatery mm-hmm. for this uh, this fox guy who had a failing business. And it's like, hey, your food's really good. You should open an eatery. And she's like, I'm going to open an eatery? What? And then now we know what the show's going to be. Yeah, the uh, so whatever you thought it was, based was on... <laughs> the most interesting character. I thought because I, I like the I like the mythology of the nine tailed fox, and mm-hmm. um, they actually were really kind of true to that mythology, being a shapeshifter. Typically, they're kind of tricksters, but they're not like bad dudes. Really, they're just like that's really common actually in in Japanese mythology is that the like the spirit spirits and stuff aren't always bad necessarily. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're you know they they kind of have agency. They get to choose. Um, a lot of them are tricksters too, um, right? Which is and that's kind of true of the nine-tailed. Yeah, and that's kind of true of yeah. the nine-tailed fox as well. The nine-tailed fox is a really interesting part of Japanese mythology, and I found that to be the most fascinating part of this goddamn awful, stupid, shitty show. But what happens when the nine-tailed fox is sealed inside your body, and then someone rips it from your body and combines it with the eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, and one-tailed foxes to create the ten-tailed fox uh, and take over the world? And uh, you're referencing an anime dead. I've never seen. Naruto. <laughs> I'm yeah, referencing an anime Naruto. I've never seen. <laughs> <laughs> an anime I've never seen. <laughs> <laughs> this show. I don't know. It was. Hmm. Oh, by the way, in case you can't tell, yeah, zeros all the way down for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we haven't done our ratings. Zeros. Just straight across the board for me. Uh, Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything redeeming about this show. Because, I mean, it was also one of those that's like, yeah, it's bad, but it's not terrible. Yeah, it wasn't terrible. Um, It's very average. And, like, NMC, like, I kind of appreciated that, like, she actually had agency and, like, you know, to your point, like, it's going to turn into, like, the she is going to fall for him eventually thing. But, like, she was also, like, very adamant about, like, yeah, no, I don't want to marry you and I'm going to, like, I'm going to work off my debt if I have to. And I thought that that was, like, a nice direction to go in, if not entirely original. Um, you know what? I'll give it. I'll give it a one for art, um, just because I did like the aesthetic of the. Um, you softy. <laughs> the, the sort of spirited away esque. Like I, I did like the art direction. I have to say the way that they sort of imagined the world of the yokai and stuff like that. Um, 
I don't know if they actually called them yokai in the show, but um, no, they called it something that, else. But it wasn't. It was basically yokai, though. I think yokai and whatever are in this show are different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are. They are. Um, they called this one uh, Ao. 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 Oh no, Aoi was her name. Um, Aoi. Uh, yeah, I, I forget what they call them. But point being that um, I thought that the way they blended, like in the real world, quote unquote, like her interactions with them and how that worked, um, I thought was pretty cool. And then when she gets to the other world and the aesthetic and the mythology, like you definitely kind of got this feel. Like even the sound design, while I'm not going to give it a point for blowing me away, um, I think kind of fits into the aesthetic and the art direction. And I thought that it was it was well done in that regard. So I'll give it a one. Oh, cool. I didn't copy. So when I tried to look up the show, I just looked up Confu instead. <laughs> <laughs> How I felt. Well, um, <laughs> all right. It doesn't matter anyways. Uh, yeah, that's all I have to say about this show. Okay. Yeah, I, I found myself really, really bored by this show. To the point that I did, I fell asleep. After having slept... Like, I wasn't tired. It's put me to sleep. I watched all of these shows at, like, midnight last night, and I was fucking exhausted, and I just wanted to go to bed. But I had important shit to do in Minecraft before I watched the show, so I didn't get to watch them sooner. So the entire time <laughs> the I was watching these, shit. I was like, I just want to go to bed. Please stop. <laughs> Uh, I also had trouble watching this show. For whatever reason, the uh, the Crunchyroll app didn't want to Chromecast the show, so I had to watch it okay, on my so phone. It wasn't just me then. Okay. Yeah, I ended up watching it on my uh, PlayStation uh, because the Chromecast didn't want to work. So I guess there was something weird with the show, and it wasn't just my Chromecast effing up. Uh, I watched these all on PC because I've been living in my office because my house is big and lonely because I lost my family. Anyway, oh, let's move on. Just <laughs> <laughs> just glossing over that one. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, if you can't laugh about it, what can you do? <laughs> What's uh, the next show? <laughs> the next show we have to talk about is Last Hope, which is a show about... Which you put as Last Hop I for did. a long time, I, I, and I was so confused. I mistyped this show when I created the initial list as a Last Hop, and then I just copied it as Last Hop everywhere. And so I went to look for it it's in my... It's still Last Hop in my notes. I went to, uh, I went to look for it... Um, is last hop and and last hope came up instead and i was like well i hope this is the correct thing and just watched last hope and it turns out it was i the was worried thing. too <laughs> i was worried too while i was watching it i was like uh <laughs> uh the last hope is a show about uh quantum reaction which is a thing that i don't understand how it works so presumably they don't either nobody really knows yeah, how they don't they don't works, either so. um <laughs> so presumably it's like a new better form of nuclear reaction nuclear reaction is a a chemical reaction which is where the reaction comes from involving <laughs> nuclear elements which is where the n- nuclear comes from uh or nucleus nuclei is nuclei the plural of nucleus 
It's a reaction uh, involving yes, it is. It's a reaction yeah, involving the nucleus of of atoms, and and so that's that's where nuclear reaction comes from. Now, they don't explain what quantum reaction is. I'm going to guess it's a reaction of some kind. The confusing part is quantum, which comes from quantum mechanics, which is named quantum mechanics because it's about quantized states like uh, right. electron levels. Uh, you know, an electron can be in the inner ring or progressively outer rings, but there are set rings that an electron can be in. Those are called quantized states. Right. Quarks, bruh. The, so, thing, so that, what, the thing that I think is this, this like, is, I think if they were ever going to explain it, I think the best explanation they would have would basically be um, a bullshit explanation and they would just say we slam matter and antimatter together to create a reaction, almost like you do with a nuclear reaction where you just slam atoms together. Um, <clears throat> but they they do it with matter and antimatter, and it creates this quantum energy that you're able to then harness and use, and it's a renewable source and all this other bullshit. So like, I would think no, that the, the would real be explanation, their explanation. The real explanation is actually Schrodinger's cat is dead, and we killed it. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I I think that's probably one of the deepest quotes. Of, that should have been a quote in Butler's Ex Battlers. No, or Caligula. in Caligula. Caligula. Yeah, that should have been a quote in Caligula. Hang on, I just have to write this down. That's the episode. Invariable, the nucleus of atoms. Keep up. That <laughs> is dead, and we killed it. Hey, um, there we are. Title of the episode. <laughs> Poggers. You saw it here first, folks. Uh, so this show is set in the near future, 2031, and we've discovered quantum reaction, and so we're going to quantum react some power the whole world, except then we (laughs) quantize the whole world and all life, except for human life, because humans are different and special. Uh, gets the synthesis <laughs> ending for Mass Effect 3 and they become um, <laughs> it's totally true too that's where my mind immediately went when I saw the the uh, the, the cell like the, the, the digitized life forms yeah and uh, because they're because they're computer life they they evolve faster than humans and so there's uh, giant Angels, which come and fight humans, and we have to paddle the Ava to to battle them. (laughs) But I don't want to get in the Ava. Dad, you're not my dad. (laughs) I just want to go to middle school. And, um... uh, Bounty hunters. Bounty hunters that can somehow afford to have their own mechs. That the, it's never explained. I'm not explaining Cowboy Bebop either, but it doesn't matter. Uh, it's just weird. And uh, it all and it all takes enemies. place in in China in Neo Zhaolong. Uh, Is that anything like Neo Tokyo? No, it's like Neo Yokio. Oh. I don't know what just happened. <laughs> Akira. Akira just happened. Uh, um, and the main character is a scientist. He's like, I'm not going to pilot a, 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 a mech. I'm a scientist instead of a middle schooler. Uh, 
I want to stay safe and do science. I also oh shit! I can pilot the mech. The thing that was missing in my hyper reactor was humans. Just being me, with me. I'm the key. Just <laughs> being near the hyper reactor makes it work and not blow up. That doesn't sound like a safe experiment to run. I think there are other factors at play that you don't understand, and you're a bad scientist. But we know he's a bad scientist because he's the scientist who ruined the world. What are you going to do next? Leo. And this is when we have the MGS5 what was his name? Uh, cassette player start going. The man, who, uh, the man who killed the world or whatever the song was called. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The show had apparently a large budget, or so it, it seemed, because um, there was lots of CG, um, not particularly well done. Um, and like very detailed animation, like mm-hmm. it was bad, but it was also like they threw a lot of man hours at it. Clearly, um, and, and apparently they could also afford Bump of Chicken. Yeah, Bump uh, of Chicken the did the ED, and I didn't even stick around to watch it. I wanted to be done with that show so fast. I was like, I'll look yeah, up this yeah. ED on YouTube <laughs> later. Uh, I've got. I'm, I am wondering what Jake might have thought about a part of this show. I still don't like CG. Good. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah I mean, sounds about right. Come to expect that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, what was I gonna say before Dean interrupted me? Sorry. I also like you wanted to be done with voice. it and the ED. Mm. That's what you were talking about. Oh, oh. Uh, unlike one of the shows we talked about last week, I don't even remember which one. Um, the art style for the CG and the the hand drawn animation at least matched. So. It was only a little bit jarring when they switched to CG. It wasn't, like, super jarring. Um, yeah, I didn't actually hate it. This wasn't the bear. This wasn't the bear. This was. This actually did pretty much fit. It, it just... They were trying so hard to be cool and to, like, be, like, the next Gundam, Ava, whatever thing, and it just didn't work. I also liked how they made a point. Like, so, if, if Butler's Times Battlers, or Cross Battlers, was the... Um, kind of female otaku dating sim. This is clearly like the the next cool thing in shonen, uh, especially younger shonen. Um, yeah. Because like they they made a point of giving the princess boob jiggle for like she would sit up and then, like a second later there was <laughs> boil. <jiggle. laughs> it was like it's like when you're it, it's just it's so bad. <laughs> it's just it was so bad. And that uh, actually kind of that actually does kind of suck because that character had the potential to be pretty cool, and they yeah, just she was sort a cool of character, yeah, right. They just sort of undercut the whole thing with tits. <laughs> uh, a thing that happens all too often in anime. Apparently, I know. Uh, Here's the thing: Violet Evergarden had tits, and that was still a good show. I think it's because they didn't do physics on the tits; they just had they were just there. I mean, Violet Evergarden was also done by KyoAni, which is a like the studio with the most female employees of the animation studios. That was a sentence. Uh, <laughs> no, that, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, I followed. My ratings for this show are straight no's. <laughs> no, I want to be done with this show, please. <laughs> Dean? 
Yeah, I'm zeros all the way down. I was super disappointed in this show because as soon as I saw, like, this weird quantum evolution thing had encircled the Earth and that's why we had, like... Like, like, like all the, all the plant life and stuff had computers in them and shit. I've got a little bit of a transhumanist streak. So I was like super excited to see what these humans, like to see what these humans who were part machine looked like. What were they going to do? How is it going to be? Is it going to be like destiny where they just have robot eyes or was it going to be like something cooler and more interesting? And, and, um, turns out none of that because humans didn't evolve, uh, which fucking why? Yeah. Chris? But yeah, zeros across the board. I'm, uh. Uh, I'm trying to think if there was anything that wasn't a zero. No, it was all zeros. There was, there were some parts, and like this happens with a few shows now and again, where like it is just kind of clearly like we're trying to cool do like cool new shonen thing, where some of the ideas are almost there, and I almost want to like it, and they just blow it, and it was bad. Yeah. Um, you know yeah. what? I lied. I'm going to give this show a point in the other category just for Bump of Chicken. <laughs> uh, uh, that's Bump of Chicken. I mean, if it... <laughs> the, the, the old uh, Bump of Chicken bump? The Bump of Chicken raises bump. raises your score by at least one. Yeah. It, it, it felt like... Uh, I, I agree with you, Chris. There's a lot of this that felt half-baked. It was like it was. There were ideas here that could be the kernels of really, really cool ideas, and it was just never. They never played through on any of it. It was all just just halfway, halfway done, half yeah. figured out. No, I'm I'm glad you you said it, Dean, because that was exactly what I was gonna say. Like I was super excited to see an anime that was set in the Mass Effect Three synthesis ending see like what the mm-hmm. hell was going on there and then they were like we're gonna battle giant crabs and mechs <laughs> and humans didn't get the synthesis ending everything else did also I liked how like the big ultimate move for like this is the ultimate power of this machine that's never existed and just a green punch just literally a punch a followed by another punch yeah. and, that, and it was green. that was the thing that didn't even explode the crab in some awesome way just knocked the crab over <laughs> which, punched the crab. which i mean i guess points for like realism i i, I don't know but yeah and we've so, got like, quantum kind of... shit going on there's no realism <laughs> <laughs> but Again, like kind of like they they almost did some cool things. Like for example, the um the kind of annoying little sister who is always getting on his case because he's not like you know being responsible or like doing his part of the family thing. Like, look, I kind look, of enjoy if the little... I want to do my science naked. <laughs> I'm but so like they they had this little thing where it was like the family contract between the two of them, right? And like so there's like all these different points in the contract, and they would sort of that was a those weird thing. And then they sort of, like, brought it around full circle where, like, he's about to go out and, you know, risk his life to protect her. And he's like, you know, rule number 15, I'm always going to protect you or something like that. 17. Section 17 of the family contract. Yeah. I don't know why I remember that. (laughs) But again, it's like, it was almost good storytelling. Like, if if anything else around that had been good, like, that might have been kind of like a nice little, like, setup payoff moment. But because everything was bad, it just wasn't. How long did it take you to guess that this was the guy that broke the world? Uh, all of two seconds. It took yeah. me slightly longer because I wasn't sure what the time frame there was. If like the world had just been broken or 
if this was set like quite a number of years after. But yeah, also, it was little sister character, quick. your brother's trying to do science so he can save the world that he broke. Maybe leave him the fuck alone. She doesn't know that. She's like, you're going to try and go back to this city that they kicked you out of? And he's just like, oh, well, I kind of deserved it. <laughs> no kidding. Why doesn't she know this? This seems like important information. <laughs> it's his deepest, darkest secret. He's trying to atone for his sins. Something like that. I kind of uh, liked, I did, to be totally honest and serious, I really did like their interactions. Like, the interactions between the two of them were probably the highlight their, of the show. Their interactions yeah. were either cute or insufferable. <laughs> and and there was about an equal number of both. There, See, the insufferable, the insufferable bits I found to be insufferable just because he was insufferable as a character. It's fair. It's fair. I don't know. I just I, when they were when they were interacting, I was just like, "Hey, eh, that's yeah, okay." And none of them right. were as insufferable as the black and red-haired dude with the Good god. Like that was a character that just doesn't need to be. Uh the next show we have to talk about is Magical Girl Ore or Magical Girl Boy. Which is a show I came into uh, expecting bad things from and then just fucking laughed my ass off. Uh, yep, yep, yep. It's, I expected hot garbage. The show is... It, as soon as I saw the cover, like I knew immediately what it was going to be. And it was going to be parody. Yeah, but proceed. Uh, it is a parody of Magical Girl shows. Starts off with MC being just a standard Magical Girl and then what's-his-face from Sailor Moon shows up and saves her, and she's like, oh, I love you. What's your name from Sailor Moon? Uh, and then it turns out it was just a dream, and she's really upset that it was just a dream. And then she's mad because she woke up late, and her mom didn't wake her up, and her mom's like, but you were just sleeping so peacefully. She's like, but I really have somewhere to be. And then we find out she's an <laughs> idol, uh, but she can't sing, which is fucking <laughs> which <I loved>. incredible. <laughs> She's, I thought that was, that was so, so good. good. She's part of an as soon like as it hurt. That hit. It physically hurt, but it was amazing. It was, so it was, it was awesome. I loved it. I loved it. <laughs> and uh, she's she's in shittiest an idol, idol in the world. She's in an idol duo, and no one is at their concert. She's like, but she's in like the middle of a mall. It's like they set up a stage in the middle of a mall, mall. and there was no one around, like absolutely no one. (laughs) And she comments about it. She's like, "Did they implement martial law?" And their manager's like, "No, you're just that unpopular." (laughs) But her her partner can sing and is really good, but has the personality of cardboard, um, and is the brother of Top Idolu who uh, our main character has a crush on, which is why our main character decided to become an idol. But she's no closer to him than she was, and she has really unpure motivations. And then her manager reminds them that romance is forbidden, which is a very Asian thing for idols. Romance is completely forbidden for idols in Japan and Korea. Probably other places, but those are the two I know of. Uh... And so he's like, so, so no, no dating, no going back to your normal life, and no unexpected pregnancies, and that also fucking killed me. Uh, that was amazing. 
the the manager character was great. Uh, and then uh, they walk home, and there's a fucking yakuza member like trying to break into her house. And uh, yeah, only expected pregnancy is allowed in Varial. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is why I love having a chat. <laughs> <laughs> and so the Yakuza man sees her and is like, oh, you live here, let me in. And she's like, okay. And her idle partner and manager, like, should we call the cops? And she's like, no, it's going to be okay, probably. And it turns out uh, that the Yakuza man and her mom are longtime friends. And then her mom's like, oh, yeah, I used to be a magical girl. And then I got old and hurt my back. And that's really depressing. A month ago. Um, oh, yeah, a month so ago. So we're left, yeah, we're left understanding that this this woman who has a child in, in what, high school? Yeah, middle high school? school. She's, uh, wait, she's 15. Yeah, high school. Freshman. Right, so the mom's the mom's got to be forty, right? And she was a magical girl up until a month ago when she hurt her back. <laughs> fucking, fucking gold. Um, uh, yeah, and so it turns out this yakuza was uh, uh, her mom's mascot, cute sidekick character that that you signed the magical girl contract with. And he has a, a cute vocal tick, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I know. I love it. I love it. Um, this whole show, it takes every... It's not a deconstruction. It just takes every trope and says, how can we make this fucking awful? And I thought that was... I just love it. I just loved everything. And so main character decides to become a magical girl to save her top idol childhood friend crush. And the way she does that is by screaming, I love you, childhood friend, top idol crush. And then she becomes a magical girl and turns into a man. And that joke fell a, kind a, of flat ripped. because that was the joke they set up on the cover art, but it was still at least mildly amusing. Right. <laughs> it was. They, they, I wish that they had held that back in, in, in the material and earlier in the show. Um, but when she... What I thought was... I really do wish they'd held that back because when the manager tells her, he's like, uh, he tells her something like, if you decide to become a magical girl, you'll be stacked in all the right places, right? <laughs> and she's imagining a magical girl with huge tits. And it's like, oh, fucking, that's okay, interesting. And then when she turns into a dude, it's like, oh, he's stacked. Like he's, like he's fucking <laughs> a ripped dude. And I thought that was... That could have been so much funnier if they had held back on that. Yeah. If they didn't have it in the OP, if they didn't do... If they had just kind of pulled back off of it a little bit even, and let it be a reveal. Even for giving away the punchline, the setup and delivery was still pretty good. Right, exactly. Uh, I love the beginning fight. The beginning fight was hilarious. It's the dream fight. Oh, the dream fight. She's the dream having fight. this dream. Oh, so good. oh yeah, because it's amazing. The because there's like a, a TV, a, like a Channel Four logo in the bottom right, and the main villain turns everything black and white, and her cute little sidekick is like, "People are gonna complain to the station about this program, and we're gonna get canceled in the first three minutes." And it was all very meta and tongue in cheek, and I was like, "Those jokes didn't land quite as hard as like, oh, cool, you're being meta." 
Like right, the is one the, that landed is for me was twelve. <laughs> right. Well, the one that landed for me, the thing that was actually the funniest to me in that sequence was when the uh, when the monster turns everything black and white except for our magical girl, uh, and the color broadcast thing appears in the bottom corner. That made me laugh. Oh, dude. The, I laughed at that out loud. The one joke, uh, the one joke that really stood out to me in that sequence was uh, when her arm gets hit and her arm turns white, and her sidekick is like, "Well, that makes it." Easier on the the on the colorists, colorists yeah. But it's kind of boring to look at. <laughs> oh, that was good. There's there's a lot of really solid jokes in this. Yeah. Uh, this show was was actually pretty good, especially for a show that I expected to be bad going in. I expected the, the other interesting. The other thing that struck me, I don't know if you guys noticed this in the OP, but um, again, <clears throat> even the OP kind of gave away the whole the punchline that we were building mm-hmm. towards. So clearly they weren't trying to make that a surprise. But um, there was actually this interesting moment for me where you see like her looking longingly at idol love interest. Um, but he seems disinterested. But then he does seem interested in the magical girl boy form. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And so there's kind of this interesting implication that like he'll only love her when she's being someone that she's not or something like that, which is like a weirdly interesting dynamic that yeah. like, I think could actually make for kind of an interesting uh, love triangle sort of and being a dude. Yeah. Like that's the thing he's, if, if, if they end up going down that route, that means he's gay and like, she really has a crush on him. And I imagine she's going to be totally oblivious to this whole thing as the story goes along. Um, I really want them to kind of go down that road because I think that'd be a really funny way to a really funny stupid thing to do to the main character mm-hmm. it's like uh, that Carly Roy Jepsen music video oh yeah <laughs> exactly exactly um, so ratings did the art impress me not really the art was pretty average um did the audio impress me yes just because she's an idol who can't sing and uh they actually got their voice i don't know who the voice actor is maybe the voice actor can sing but she doesn't for uh <laughs> for this so that was that was 10 of 10 uh she, she had to nail the off notes the the out of key notes and so in order to do that, you have to be trained enough to know like how to hit that note at that time. But anyway. Did the storytelling impress me? Uh, if you take storytelling literally, no. But I'm going to give it a point here anyways just because the jokes were so good. And just the, the way this first episode plays out was good. Did the first episode hook you? Uh, yeah, a little bit. It did. Uh, did anything else stand out? No. Uh, Chris, what are your ratings? Um, visuals. Um, I, I did enjoy some of the art direction, like the the kind of goofy thing, like the demons that you're fighting are like these just really buff um, teddy bear looking things. Um, but not overall enough for me to say that the art impressed me. Um, the audio, I think I'll agree with you there. Um, just the sound design in general is actually pretty solid. And uh, I liked um, the mix and I really loved, like you said, the... Um, the bad singing. I thought that was a great touch. 
Um, the storytelling, I'll go and give a yes, uh, just because I did enjoy the comedy quite a bit. Um, there were a few things, like the, the sort of meta joke about the colorist, just kind of like, okay, that's a little bit a little bit lazy. Most of the jokes actually did kind of hit for me, and I enjoyed the presentation and the build-up and all that stuff. So I'll give a, give a yes to that. Um, did the first episode hook me? Not really, just because... Um, I kind of felt like I got it. Um, it was funny enough, and I, I may or may not, I may or may not keep watching it. But um, it's not going to be because the first episode made me want to like, oh man, I got to keep watching it like right now. Um, and then anything else stand out to me? No, I think I pretty much covered it in the comedy bit. Um, it's just kind of a fun parody of Magical Girl anime, and so it's cool for that reason. Dean. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same. Art. Uh... Art was, um, as far as being impressive, not particularly, but visually it was interesting, uh, just because of the jokes and things like that. Audio, yes. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, for the same reasons you guys said. Storytelling, for the same reasons you guys said, yes, just for the jokes. Because when you have something like this, it looks like, <clears throat> it, it looked to me like the story was just like, let's get to the next joke, let's get to the next gag, which is fine. You know, I don't, I don't mind that at all. Um, and the first step was going to hook me. I'm in the same place as kind of Chris. It wasn't a hard hook. It was a, uh, I'll watch this when I'm bored. When I'm, when I, or, you know, I've talked before about palate cleansers. This would be a great palate cleanser show. Um, uh, maybe, maybe you watch this after you watched the show that we're going to talk about next. Um, and then, uh... <laughs> Did anything about it stand out? Uh, I'm actually going to give it a point here because it's very rare that comedy anime hits for me. And this did. Uh, it, not everywhere, but really the first... Uh, I'm going to reference another thing. The first Deadpool movie kind of changed the way that I see comedy mm-hmm. um, in, in media because the first Deadpool movie is... There's a joke every 30 seconds... Uh, and they don't all hit, maybe a quarter of them hit, but that's still a really funny movie, right? When you got a joke a minute, it's still a really funny movie if only a quarter of them hit. So I, uh, the jokes that didn't hit for me, okay. And the jokes that did hit for me really did hit for me. So I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to give it a point in kind of our little wild card section there. I, I think it, I, I was impressed by the fact that I actually laughed at a comedy anime because that's hard to do. It's hard to do if you don't. Speak the language. So I, I thought it was good. Speaking of the next show we're going to talk about, Chris, you want to take us talk? You want to tell us about a Magical Girl site? Uh, this was the one I was looking forward to describing. <clears throat> um, okay. So this is also a Magical Girl anime, as you might have gathered. Um, except it's the, the dark take on it. And so we have MC, who is a high school girl um, who has just the shittiest life ever because, um, like, just it, we basically open on her getting bullied. Um, and in kind of like this over the top kind of way, like, I'm sure that sort of thing does happen, but like, it doesn't go unpunished that long, I feel like. I don't know, maybe it does. Um, it just it, it just struck me as like being a little bit over the top, but okay, it's fiction, it's anime, let's roll with it. Um, Oh, yeah, I forgot to say that we actually opened on uh, a little hint of, like, here's what ma- life of a magical girl is, and then we kind of cut back to flashback. So, um, but yeah, so 
she is getting bullied, um, and then she goes and like at this point, I like we see the the cute little cat that she likes to take care of under the bridge. And the instant I saw that cat, and this tells you something about the storytelling, my immediate thought was someone's gonna drown that cat. Um, <laughs> that is literally word for word what I thought. Um, now that's not what ends up happening, but the cat does die. Uh, so, uh, and then she gets home and she's got like, you know, kind of like the perfect brother who has a doting father, but also, also with very high expectations. And he says, I know how to relieve my stress. And it's like, Oh, he's got some dark secret. Uh, I didn't expect the dark secret to be, um, uh, beating his sister in the evenings, but, uh, apparently that's, yeah, I was, I was, I was based on the way that was translated i was expecting either rape or like the murder of small animals yeah but, um and it ends up being this was almost as her. bad almost this well was, this, this yeah this was as bad i think <laughs> regularly beating the shit out of your little sister is uh, is pretty terrible i also uh yeah she she like opens her locker and there's like razor blades and shit stuffed in her shoes uh like she she has like something that the teacher could clearly see like her desk is fucked up and there's glue all over and she's made to sit down in the glue it's like this teacher is either like willfully negligent or like just there's like something seriously wrong with the system that people are getting away with to actually talk about that real fast um Mm -hmm. weebcast uh did an episode on a silent voice a while back and mm. uh Yazzie talks about her time being a uh, transfer student in Japan and talks about the bullying and the mindset there uh and based on what she said it's teachers will just ignore it uh because it's mm. actually too much hassle for them to do anything about it the way kind of culture is um uh, so yeah so that's all i'll say about it if you want to hear more um a silent voice discussion weekly weebcast featuring gaijin goomba um on the channel basement escape which is mother's basement i I like gaijin goomba gaijin goomba's cool um but yeah that was that was all i wanted to say about that i'll let you continue Gotcha, gotcha. Well, so um, one evening after she's done getting beat on by her brother, um, her computer turns on to a, a strange website that is like, hey, you poor unfortunate soul, we're going to give you uh, magic powers. All you have to do is we're going to send you a magic stick. And uh, I think maybe that was a mist- mistranslation of wand. I'm not sure. Um, in any case, uh, we're going to send you the stick and we'll have instructions on how to use it. And she's like, what the fuck was that? That was fucking creepy because like it's got this picture of uh, like, it, it's clearly creepy pasta material. It's got it's basically reminded me of the um, the Stone Tower Temple portion of uh, Majora's Mask where you've got like the the, the Link statue. It's kind of got like that weird grin, like that really creepy sort of thing going on, except like accentuated to be even more creepy. Um, and so she's like, that was weird. What the fuck was that? Uh, and then she uh, finds a what looks like a toy gun in her locker uh, the next morning with instructions like here's how to use it just pull pull the pull the stick just you, you pull the trigger that's how you use the thing uh, and so bullies show up again and you know they're kind of beating up on her and she's um, 
kind of just like not even trying to resist anymore so they're starting to get bored so they bring in their uh their senpai who it looks like he is uh beyond normal high school years might have been held back a few times uh, he's like <laughs> oh cool thanks thanks for the virgin i'll uh, i'll take her virginity now and so uh he's about to rape her and so she runs because that was like finally the thing that like made her fight back um and then uh they kind of catch her in the garage again and she pulls the trigger uh, and they just sort of disappear in a heart of cloud or a cloud of heart-shaped smoke. Uh, and then later they're found dead, uh, hit by a train, um, mirroring the uh, the death of the kitten, uh, also perpet- or perpetrated by the uh, by the bullies. Um, so everyone's shocked at the loss, and uh, main bully uh, is like, "What what happens to them? You probably caused this, didn't you?" Blah blah blah. Uh, she's like, "No, it's not my fault." Even though she has been feeling guilty this whole time, because like, did I kill them? I didn't mean to. Uh, and then right when, uh, main bully's about to, like, kind of cut her mouth with a, uh, with a, a knife, um, time, time freezes, and other magical girl's like, all right, so I'm gonna tell you about, uh, you're, you're a handful, I'm gonna tell you about the magical girl site. And also slits and... the main bully's throat. Yeah! Oh, yeah. Let's not leave puts that the, that detail. Puts the box cutter <laughs> in her hand and reaches up and cuts her fucking throat. In, in stop time. And then she's like, there we go. Another unfortunate accident. And then she's like, come on. And it's like, what is happening? <laughs> so this is this is the edgy take on Magical Girls. This show was a rough watch. Uh, I, I mm. The entire time I was watching this episode, I was bouncing back and forth between this is over the top and like this is a really horrible uh, de- depiction of like domestic violence and abuse. Right. As soon they, as she they... started getting beat by her brother, I was like, "Okay, so this is this is where we're going with this." All right, mm-hmm. I'll just I'll live in this world then. Like I I well, I felt like I had to accept that. It. Actually, didn't surprise me because the family dinner was so normal. And, like, obviously something was fucked up at home. Yeah. So when, mm-hmm. like, her parents just kind of ignored her and was like, all right, there's something else here. So then, yeah, seeing that scene of her brother beating her was not surprising. What was surprising was when her brother punches her in the stomach and she's like, please don't punch me in the stomach. I won't have my period. That line surprised me. Right. And no, but that that is true. Yeah. Like that, like repeated trauma to reproductive organs can cause that. Um, but yeah, that, that it was, this show is not for kids. Oh, no. this show is, and, it held back on nothing. And speaking of psychology, like the thing that kind of jumped out to me is like as over the top and just like perfect storm of like, you have the shittiest possible life ever. Cause I feel like they could have taken one of those things that would have been sufficient motivation for what they had her do, but they like pushed her like way further and further and further over the edge. So it's like, there is no question that in a desperate moment, she might try to become a dark magical girl uh, by accident, apparently. But, um, but like they did capture the, first of all, like definitely there's like kind of a sexual theming going mm-hmm. on. Um, which is probably some sort of commentary on magical girls as a thing. Um, that's always kind of been like a, for better or for worse, kind of like a weird, um, undertone of a lot of magical girl stuff, but they're taking it obviously in a different direction. And then also like, you know, the, the way they sort of depicted the madness of the brother and like kind of the way that the bullies were acting. Um, I thought that they, 
actually did a pretty decent job with characterization in that regard. Like, these are, like, really fucked up people, and this is kind of how we might expect that to go down. Um, and so in that regard, like, I felt like they did some things right. Um, it just was so over the top. What it reminded me of is actually, I forget exactly the context or who said it, but there was some criticism of, um, it was kind of like a feminist critique on a lot of um, media, I think especially like kind of superhero media or just heroic action in general, um, where you can have a lot of male characters, and sometimes like bad things happen to male characters that sort of drive them to do these things, but um, they seem proportionately less likely to do it just because like they were really fucked up in their life. It's kind of like the I forget the phrasing they use, but it's sort of like the what happened to you um, sort of question that you can ask of a lot of female heroes. Um, like they were, you know, raped or abused or whatever else, like violently in their past. And that's kind of what drove them to become this thing that's not expected of women or something like that. And that's kind right. of what this reminded me of. Well, it's typically framed differently. Like if you look at it's typically physical trauma with female mm-hmm. characters. Um I I don't agree. I've heard that critique and I don't agree with it because if you look at our primary male character, specifically in Marvel comics, really in any comics, there's always a traumatic event that leads them to be a hero. It's just not always physical trauma. Um, With female characters, it seems to disproportionately be physical trauma, which I agree with. But to say that male superhero characters are not driven to be heroes by trauma is, I think, ignorant of the genre because... Spider-Man, Uncle Ben died and it was his fault. Gwen Stacy died and it was his fault. Uh, Iron Man, uh, in the film universe, he gets trapped and tortured in a cave. Uh, Steve, uh, uh, fucking uh, Captain America, loses his past completely. And everyone that he knows and loves. Um, so, so to say that there's no, no trauma to male superheroes, I think, is ignorance of the drama. And I, of, and I don't of, think of that genre, was the argument. But I mm. agree that it is. I agree that it's disproportionately physical trauma for female characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, like the thing, the thing was done to them, and like I think that also proportionally the argument was that they do it less of their own volition. Um, Whereas, like, again, proportion, like, there's usually a trauma, especially for the more well-known ones and the more believable ones, but sometimes it is just like, hey, I'm going to go out, I'm going to go do this heroic thing because I can, or because I'm motivated to, and that doesn't seem to happen as often with female characters. Um, but that's also talking about Western media and not necessarily uh, Japanese. Just that, that was the thing that came to mind when I was seeing this, just the, the over-the-top, repeated, like, what else can we sort of throw at this character to make her... Um, you're just like the most miserable human on I, earth, so, essentially. Right. The, my feelings about this show kind of evolved to be more positive as I was watching it. Uh, when they opened up and she was like contemplating throwing herself in front of the train and like, all I think about is death. I had, yeah, I had was a little, the same, a little bit edged. I had the same reaction as the people in the crowd who watched her almost throw herself in front of the train, which is like it's too early for this shit. Um, right. Which is a line in the show for verbatim. Like I don't think yeah. it said shit, but they were like, "It's too early for this." Like that was in the show. Yeah, and it was like, "All right, this is just going to be super edgy." Um, but to to what you were saying about like just one of these things would be fine. I'm not sure it would because like how, how common domestic abuse is and how common in Japan, especially that kind of bullying 
is, I think if it was just one of those things, you, you are expected to be able to handle it, even if that expectation is un, unreasonable. Um, I think you're expected to be able to handle it. I think it kind of had to be the culmination of all these things. And it's not like it didn't make sense. There's a lot of there's a lot of issues where you'll have um, even, I mean, specifically in the U.S. specific specifically bullying in the U.S. You have kids who have domestic abuse happening to them at home, and that makes them. There's something about that. There's something about a certain kind of kid that just exudes this sort of "I'm not gonna fight back" type of uh, t- type of. Uh, it's weird. It's almost like, it's almost like how, uh, you know, if you're trying to date and like chicks can just smell desperation on you. It's, it's almost like that in, in some cases with, with kids where the kids who are just broken are exactly the type of targets for bullies that, that you're going to get. They're the, the kids that have low self-esteem that obviously don't value themselves. So it makes sense that this stuff could stack the way that it did. Um, that yeah, I'm actually she reading would... a book right now that um, talks a little bit about the psychology of bullying. Um, it's actually talking about dominance hierarchies and how um, to the sadist and like whether or not you like there, there's obviously moralistic arguments against this. But as far as like physiological stuff, um, that sort of sensation that the body produces when you are dominating someone. Um, and especially if they're reacting in a way that kind of like triggers your, especially if like you've had a tweak that sort of like pushes you over to the edge into like just like sort of the primal aspect of it. Sociopathy. Um, yeah. Um, that it was, it just sort of reminded me of that sort of stuff. It's funny that like there's all this psychology happening as I'm reading a book that's talking about psychology. But anyway, proceed. Uh, that was, I think, most of what I had to say. Um, At the end, I don't. I really don't know how I feel about this show, except <laughs> that it was rough to watch, and I am a little bit curious to see what happens. Because, like, clearly, all of the magical girls in this world are like super fucked up, mm-hmm. right? Well, like they, they each have kind of like their own. Like every time you see them. They're bleeding from some. Way. Yeah, our main so, character. Like, we've only seen two examples. Our main character so far, bleeds but... from her eyes, and uh, her friend bleeds from her mouth. And that probably reflects to some extent, um, like what sort of trauma they have. So, like, obviously, she's she's bleeding from the eyes because she's crying constantly throughout the entire thing. Um, I'm wondering what the bleeding from the mouth could represent. Like, if it's like maybe she got punched there because she seems like a little bit more of a fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, And so maybe that's kind of like reflecting that sort of because it seems like every my guess based on the first episode is that every trauma that they sort of show in magical girl form is reflective of something that actually happened IRL um, either like right before or at the time that they became magical girls. Right. Um, So I'll be interested to see where they go with that idea. And there's obviously like this whole again kind of the creepy pasta thing of um, this seems to be. I don't know if deconstruction is quite the right word, but it is It is sort of following the footsteps of um, Madoka Magica. Mm-hmm. It's right. doing it differently, um, but it's clearly like the the sort of predatory... I don't even... I, maybe it's not predatory, I don't know, but it, it's clearly like kind of 
manipulative and it's um like the the idea of like the people who are converting people into magical girls it's it's whatever it is it's fucked up we don't know what it is yet but right um it's it's not going to be like some hey love and justice kind of right. stuff it's more like let's take revenge on bad people I'll, I'll tell you the feeling that i get from it the feeling that i get from it is this in this world being a magical girl means killing and I feel like then this whole thing is a setup for like feeding some entity souls or feeding mm-hmm. some entity death. Um, I, I, I get that feeling from it because there's obviously a supernatural thing at work here uh, because the computer turns on automatically and we get this creepy pasta face and, you know, all this other stuff. So I, I, I get the feeling that this is that there's some deeper level to this of like the, the reason that you've been given this power is to feed this entity some souls. Right. And or in it's that more case, of like a, more of like a, almost like a serial killer sort of thing where it's right. someone who is like kind of doing this through people, but like their goal is just to kill or just like take revenge or something in some twisted way. Um, or the, or, it, or they take like a death note angle to it where it's like, mm-hmm. where it's like you're cleansing the world. Like as a magical yeah. girl, you're cleansing the world of bad people, and uh, mm-hmm. and that's sort of what that means in this world is, you know, uh, I, I don't know. I personally, I don't think de- I agree with you. I don't think deconstruction is the right way to describe this. I think this is just magical girl, but dark. Mm. And I think they, I think that's really all you need for this because it seems that you get a lot of the same tropes as magical girl generally. Uh, almost on the surface kind of like the like the eye color changes and things like that and and everything's hearts and pink but it's like mm-hmm. doesn't fit because this gun that she uses straight up transported people in front of a moving train mm-hmm. and but it did it in a puff of pink heart shaped smoke mm-hmm. right so i think it, it reminds me in a way and i think i've talked about this before on the cast the uh, moment in recreators that kind of like hooked me and like kind of sold me on the show was when and of course it's a very different angle but like power of love and friendship magical girl um uses her you know heart blast on the person and then just fucks them up and she's like holy crap that's not what happens usually and kind of like that sort of angle of like what happens when violence is used in this way for whatever reason um and that's kind of what they're exploring with uh this just in a different kind of direction obviously right i i actually i really um I, at the beginning, I was I was much like Ryan's first reaction to it, which is like, yeah, this is fucking edgelord bullshit. And then as it went on, I was like, actually, this is interesting. This is this is an interesting take on this um, in a way that I don't think it's high minded enough to be considered deconstruction. Um, that's a mistake that a lot of people make, mm-hmm. like with uh, like with. With, like, the DC universe specifically and how dark it is and gritty and all that other shit, like, or all the dark and gritty stuff in the 90s. Everybody calls it deconstruction, but it's not. It's just dark. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing, but dark yeah. and gritty. Yeah, deconstruction, I think, is taking tropes and analyzing where they fail. Um, right. so like, you, we have all these assumptions that the tropes have kind of established, but it doesn't work under scrutiny. Um, whereas this is just a different take on it. And so we are seeing some tropes and especially some of the aesthetic um kind of trappings of magical girl but it's obviously just a different angle and so i wouldn't call it a deconstruction i almost exactly it's 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 the same thing but dark yeah um so ratings for this show uh i'll start i guess uh did the art impress me oh that's hard Mm. they did some 
interesting things I felt. But at the same time, parts of it were just super run-of-the-mill. I'm going to say no. I'd say the art was good, but I don't... I wouldn't say it impressed me. Did the audio impress me? No. Did the storytelling impress me? Gah. I'll say yes. I'd, I'd say it starts off weak and then picks up. I did the first episode hook me. Yes. Did anything else stand out? Actually, fuck, I'm going to say no, nothing else stood out, and I am going to give it a point for art just because of the, the kind of creepy pasta stuff. Uh, they did act. They did do enough interesting stuff. I guess that'll give it a point. Um, the heart eyes with that like snake pupil slit. The really mm-hmm. tall iris. Cat eye. Cat kinda. eye. Cat eye. It's there the, you go. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just there were enough like small details that stood out. Um. Yeah. I think I'll I'll give that a three. Uh. Dean? Yeah, I'm going to give it a yes on the art uh, for that same reason. I thought the I thought the, the contrast in style was really, really cool. Um, oh, that's a good way to phrase it's, it, it's, contrast in style. Mm-hmm. Right, because there was, there was magical girl-like tropey stuff happening. Again, a pink puff of smoke, right? That's it, a pink heart-shaped puff of smoke is very, like, you know, it's exactly what you would expect from Magical Girl. And then, except for it killed people and came from a gun, which is not what you would expect, right? So I thought that was interesting enough and, and impressive, yeah, to a, to an extent. Audio, no. There was nothing particularly incredible about the audio. Uh, storytelling, yes, I was impressed by the storytelling um, because they really... Uh, one of the reasons I feel like all of the negativity stacking up was necessary was so that we would not dislike her for killing people i think we have to like her and i think in order to like her for for killing those people uh and for killing the people she's going to kill in the future it has to start out super bad i i will agree with that where like you know i made the argument earlier that i think one of these things could be justifiable but i think you might still have a lot of people who are still kind of like oh was it necessary was it over the top like there's kind of like a little bit of room for error that or for interpretation um, with as much as they did stack up, it like it just kind of did, and it, it didn't even come across as, like she's lashing out. It was more like she's just finally protecting herself, right. um, in exactly. the kind of like moment of desperation, and then um, everything sort of has the fallout from that. So I feel like yeah, um, as over the top as it was, it does kind of like remove any doubt that it's something that was believed. Although yeah, so. she does will, go on like we. I'm sorry. Go I will say this show would probably be more interesting if it was only one of those and there was some ambiguity there like is this justified mm. you know um i think that would be a, a more interesting angle to explore it from but anyways continue dean i don't i i, I would agree with that but i feel like Huh, I feel like I would be just as likely to yell about it then if if it was if we weren't if we weren't 100% sure that everyone she's going to kill deserves it and she needs to she needs to kill these people. These people are fucking awful and I'm not going to be sad to see them die. 
Um, if we weren't so sure of that, I think I might be yelling about how the murder wasn't necessarily justified. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. If they didn't, if they didn't make me hate ev- all of her tormentors so much, uh, I might have a problem with. I don't know. It, it's just, I don't know. I was impressed by it. Did the first episode hook me? Not a hard hook, actually. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say yes because I'm interested in this. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I'm gonna say yes with the caveat that it's not, it's not like a really solid hook. It's not like a Darling and the Franks hook. It's a. Yeah. It's a softer hook. Um, and anything else about it stand out? I'm going to say no just because I don't think this show deserves a straight five. Or a, a four. Yeah. I, I think it's I think it's I think it's definitely good. But again, because it's a softer hook, because it's all this other stuff, I, I think it's um Yeah, I I think it's certainly good. Very good. Um but not great. Chris? So, art, I will say, impressed me uh, for the same reasons that you guys said it did. Um, Also, because the animation actually impressed me in some places. Um, I actually thought that some of the facial animation to kind of, like, capture the madness of some of these people was actually pretty well done. Um, And so, like, it it was clearly over the top, but it was done in a kind of, like, cool, stylized way that kind of, like, made it very clear um, that there was something off, that these are very heightened emotions and not even, like, you know... Re, like not rational at all um the, the look audio, of terror that comes mm-hmm. across her face is visceral and that's not mm-hmm. easy to do in anime it but the look of terror that she has is just oh it's horrifying there's also like very much an aesthetic to the mm-hmm. show like every kind of everything felt like very sort of gray and drab and um kind of reflected um you know the mood of the of mc so i thought that that was pretty well done um audio not in particular it was all right but didn't stand out to me necessarily um the storytelling i'm gonna give a no i thought it was solid and i'm not gonna go back and recap my reasons but i felt like it 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 did its job but it could have done some things a little bit better um the did the first episode hook me i'm gonna actually give this a yes the reason I say that is because as kind of uninterested and turned off as I was at parts, um, when they said at the very end, it's a little bit of a cheap cliffhanger, it's like, come with me and I'll tell you everything about this site. I'm like, okay, I kind of actually want to learn about what this, what's up with this site. I um, really hope they pay that off. I really my, hope they don't just let that hang. Yeah, my, my fear is that like I'm not going to care after episode two. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as episode one, yeah, maybe you want to watch episode two. So I'll give it that. Uh, and then anything else stand out? Um I think this is where I'll give the point in lieu of the storytelling. I thought that this is an interesting kind of take on Magical Girl. Um, I, I kind of agree with you guys that it's an, inter- it's an interesting angle. I'm interested to see where it goes. Um, and it did sort of like kind of capture that interesting psychological stuff that I was mentioning earlier. So um, for that, I'll give it a point there. Cool. Last show. Dean, you want to tell us about Shinpin Jiting? Jaya Ting. Xi'an Pin Ting. (laughs) (laughs) What we have here is a fish out of water story on two levels, which uh, they managed to make boring. Mm -hmm. So we've got a. um, Oh, now I remember this one. (laughs) Yeah, we've got our our main character, 
Our main character is a young a young man, a boy who is who has these siblings who aren't really siblings. They were all research subjects. They are siblings, and they were all they're actually children. They're of the they're, same they're real siblings. Yeah. Okay, cool. So they're all siblings, uh, which is weird because several of them seem to be the exact same age. But um, no, they're all uh, they're all research subjects. Their parents were arrested for doing illegal research. They were crossing their children's DNA with that of other things. So they, uh, I feel like, by the way, I feel like the dog was actually a dog and they crossed it with human DNA. In any case, um, <laughs> the, uh, I feel like that was the family dog, but in any case, the, uh, the story that they, their parents got arrested and the facility was blown up and they escaped and now they have to go live in the world now. And one of the, one of the characters is a chick who grows plants from her skin and feeds off the sun. Not, uh, not like just plants but like she grows flowers from her hair and then fungus from her skin yeah which was weird because <laughs> fungus typically doesn't doesn't photosynthesize whatever um the, uh, <laughs> mushrooms. i thought that was gross it was super like gross. convenient if you're making italian food but gross <laughs> so the um uh one of the characters is a is a is a girl who was crossed with a spider, and she's got spider legs growing out of her back that are just short enough that they can't be used for anything. And then you also have a a girl there who is a telepath. I don't know exactly what DNA they crossed to make a telepath, but they made a telepath. And then we also have our uh, our dog character, who I believe to have been the actual family dog crossed with human DNA. And then we have, and it can shapeshift, like from dog to person. And then we have uh, our main character, who is not anything special. He was just a dude. He was, while he was everyone else was training and... Right, exactly. Well, also, the opening implied that he might have, like, heightened math skills and maybe find out later that his whole experiment is he's just like, he's just super smart or something like that. But anyway. Yeah, exactly. We don't really know if he has a thing. Um, but we're led to believe he probably doesn't. Uh, but, of course, this kind of show might bring up something later on. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Termy! <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. It turned me in the chat goes, actually, fungi, fungi don't photosynthesize. Okay, fucking fine. Fuck you. <laughs> but, uh, no. That, anyway, this show, um, they go to a restaurant because he wants to be normal and have a normal life with his fucking stupid, not socialized fucking siblings and dog who is part human, and so they go to a restaurant, and they're all, like, tearing the joint apart, and he thinks that everyone around them is, is like, judging them and stuff, and so this dude, maybe his thing is low self-esteem and lack of confidence, but he, uh... <laughs> like every MC ever. Right. So they're at this restaurant, and he's like, fuck it, dudes, come on, just fucking be normal, God damn it. And uh, his family starts eating food and discover they like food. Uh, fuck. <laughs> and then they start to leave and he's hit by the realization that he really loves his family because he hears the people at the restaurant who were like, oh, those cosplayers were so cool. And it's like, you witnessed a girl grow a fucking mushroom from her arm. It's obviously not cosplay, but whatever. So they, uh, 
they continue on from that as if it, as if that's some kind of way to end an episode. God, this. So I that's think the, the, how the, the moral show of the goes. story that the kids need to come away with this from is that it's not okay to use your liquids in public. Right. Exactly. Uh, the 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 story to uh, me it, it, it the way that this show the way that this show made me feel was um, <laughs> I developed an irrational hatred for every single character in this show within the first five minutes. Same. Uh, these characters are... Not only are they dumb, but they are also annoying. I hate them all. Yeah. I, I don't know if I developed a hatred for them. I just kind of got agitated with the thing itself because it, what it struck me as and this is not the first time this has happened obviously it kind of struck me as like the deviant art i came up with these characters and i'm gonna put them in this sort of like funny situation of like what if we had a family that had all these weird quirks like the spider girl and the dog <laughs> this boy is a show sort of made thing. up of deviant art ocs <laughs> oh, yeah God no that's damn. But but it was but it was masterminded by one person. It's like they're all OCs, but it's the same person's OCs, right? Like they 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 planned this. They they were going for something very specific. It just yeah. It and clearly what it's trying to do is like be a comedy. It's like oh look how quirky it is when this the spider girl is like constantly chasing after insects or something like that and wrecking up the house and she's just super aggressive in Sundere. Uh, and right. <laughs> um, this. Yeah, and there, there were kind of a few moments where, like, for example, when, um, like, near the end, when they're having, like, the touching moments, like, I actually do love my family, and uh, he's, he's like, reacting to something or feeling something, and uh, Telepath Girl is, like, she's like, oh, so-and-so, because I don't remember his name, but, like, you know, she's, like, reading his thoughts in that moment, which she doesn't share. Like, that, like, little subtleties like that could be kind of interesting and cool, but they just kind of, like, went with this, like, really lazy, dumb, like, what happens when you put these people in public and have an awkward dinner together? Everyone's been there, except not with Spider-Girl. Um, and, yeah, it just... I, 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 I like how Spider-Girl actually has eight limbs, not... Ten. Yeah. It's not like eight right. limbs yeah. and legs. It's yeah, eight limbs. Right. Exactly. Mm. Except for I was very bothered by the fact that those limbs are just short enough to not be useful for anything. Yeah. She can't walk with them. She can't walk with them. They're not long enough. They're just kind of there, and it's like, what the? Just, f- why? They're for poking at her. Yeah, food. basically. Right. Exactly. But the the I think the greatest, I think the greatest problem with this show. The, the, the greatest sin of this show is that Spider-Girl never spun webs from her asshole. <laughs> uh, That's my harshest guy, critique. That is my harshest I, critique of this show. I apologize in advance for this joke, but when she's old and has cobwebs down there. Oh, God, yes! Ryan just put down his headphones and left. God, I'm so... Chris, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud. That was... I am so sorry. Usually it's so me that good. takes things right to, right to that place. I, I am... I'm so happy. I didn't even think L- of that. That's literal perfect. Literal cobwebs. Anyway. That's perfect. 
Which I guess one good job. Show. <laughs> oh, yeah. This show sucked. This show was so bad. <laughs> the show, it was also the show like, was simultaneously it was only horrifying too. and boring. Like, this show was yeah. so Which fucking is boring. Yeah, it wasn't the quirky comedy they were going for. Because even set up suits, like, I guess you could call a parent's mad scientists. Like, they, they were not taking it super seriously. And yet it had, like, this weird air of seriousness that, like, kind of wasn't a good counterpoint to the comedy even it was just kind of like yeah like this is like this is kind of messed up and these kids have like kind of a rough life now and um and we're, we're trying to make light of it the whole time and yeah without succeeding this, this could have been like horrifying just like a harrowing mm-hmm. tale of these kids who escaped their parents experiments and they like this could have been really interesting uh except for and and I like the the fact that again this is this is two fish out of water stories. The not only are none of them socialized, but also the the main character is the only one of his siblings that's not been experimented on. So they're all weird, and he's not, and he feels left out on that level as well. So oh, don't worry, he'll find out later. He's been experimented on. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> um, but this again, this this kind of dual fish out of water thing could have made for a really interesting story. I don't know how they fucked this up. Yeah. Also, why does everyone in this family have like random orange marks on them? I think that was supposed to sort of suggest um, different texture to their skin. Um, so like the spider, I think was just kind of like trying to be like either a little bit fuzzier or, um, like markings that you would expect to see on a spider. I think with plant girl, like her skin was supposed to be a little bit like wooden or, um, like because she's photosynthetic. So it's like, it's plant, um, cells instead of animal cells. So you're going to have a little bit more rigidity there. Um, so I think that's what they're suggesting with her, uh, with the dog, probably just a similar thing. It's supposed to be like fur or whatever else, or maybe there's just the scars of the experiments. Probably that. Honestly, I kind of liked the dog when they first introduced the dog. And then I very quickly grew to hate the dog, too. Mm-hmm. It was like, mm-hmm. it was it was almost like they introduced the dog and I was like, oh, that's, that's kind of cool and fun and cute. That's awesome. And then I immediately was overwhelmed with hatred for every single character in the show. Um, <laughs> I just, I'm really bothered by it. I'm really bothered that telepath girl is, seems to be selectively telepathic. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they hinted at a possible interesting thing with each one of these characters. They hinted that that telepath girl might be, you know, n- not wanting to go outside because it's so loud and she's just tortured by the fact that she can hear everything and it's, ah. And well, they instead, did kind of suggest it, that, but it was like, exactly. that's why she didn't want to go out, yeah. Right, they hinted at it and then didn't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. And it, it just, it, it really bothers me that, that there's so much. I feel like... If the show wasn't so bad overall, it would have potential. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a lot of shows. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, yeah, no, and I think, too, like, there was even, like, the other kind of, like, you know, corny, generic theming they had going on, where, like, at one point when he sings, like, why can't you all just act normally? And then someone sort of, like, counters, like, it's like, what is this normal you speak of? Like, they didn't say it like that. But, like, it's, like, just the classic, like, you know, when you're a teenager, it's, like, it's like everyone just wants to be a normal kid, but like really no one's normal. Like what is normal right. anyway? You 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 be you. You be special. You I know? thought that exchange like, was uh... kind of interesting for a different reason because the main mm-hmm. character's like, look, we have to fucking grow up and be responsible now. We don't have money, we don't have parents to care for us. 
you know, we have to learn how to behave. And then his oldest sister's like, the fuck is wrong with acting the way that we want? What's wrong with being ourselves? If they had picked up that thread and did anything with it, it would have been really cool. Yeah, and then uh, they just they, fucking... Again, he's right. main character's like... Uh, and then everyone just behaves. And <laughs> right. It, it, it's 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 almost like... Just like that. There's a lot of threads here that they could have picked up and done something with, but they just chose to leave everything hanging uh, incomplete and unfinished. There are, however... So, so what they, there are, they, however, they, not enough threads to make a spider web. <laughs> So what they what they finally land on is the happy medium between being yourself but also conforming to society. Right. You you have a you have a little bit of room to operate in. You can be a little bit different, but like within within limits. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's very Japanese. (laughs) That's that's a very Japanese thing. Like, yeah, be a little bit different, but do it on your own time. (laughs) (laughs) You can be different behind closed doors. Right. That's kind of yeah. That's that's actually really interesting. It's almost like that's a thread they could have picked up and done something with. <laughs> you could even woven a web. Sorry, we're beating that joke to that thing. Anyway. Oh, I uh, like it. I love it. I love it. That's gonna be. <laughs> I want the show to be titled "Web Jokes," the podcast. Um, <laughs> but I still like the other. No, better. I just there was a. I don't know. It feels like. If I had any faith that anyone involved with this show could do anything good, then there would be potential here. But the fact that they dropped... It's like every scene is a dropped ball mm-hmm. with this show. Um, and it, it just really, really bothered me to watch. Uh, really bothered me to watch. Especially following immediately after Magical Girl Sight. This was just... Oh, see, Magical Girl Sight was the last show I watched at, like, 2 a.m. this morning. And I was fucking fucking exhausted. (laughs) And I was like, I I can't go to bed after that. So I had to sit down and watch some, some stuff on YouTube to reset. So my fun experience with the juxtaposition was actually... Uh, what, what order did I watch it in? I think I actually watched Magical Girl Sight first in one sitting because that was one of the downloads. Um, and so I think I watched that one first because I wanted to be paying attention for my um, recap. Uh, but then I think it was this one that came right after it. Um, yeah, so I think I guess I had the same experience as you, Dean, where it's like, we've right. just finished that shit. <laughs> and then we're confronted with this. And uh, I watched them. I watched them in the order that they're on the dock. So I followed mm-hmm. Magical Girl Boy with Magical Girl Sight, followed by Shinyan, blah, blah, blah. It was a, it was a weird experience. <laughs> uh, see, I watch all the Crunchyroll shows first, and then I watch all the mm-hmm. uh, downloads. So I actually, I watched, and I didn't even watch them in order. I watched this one before Magical Girl Sight. But uh, that's neither here nor there. Uh, ratings. Um, did the art impress me? No. The only thing I have to say about the art is Plant Girl is, well, horrifying. I think Plant Girl is the most (laughs) horrifying. Spider Girl is, like, slightly horrifying. Um, But not impressive. Did the audio... But if I had to pick out who to hang out with, I'd I'd probably hang out with Plant Girl between the two, so... Right, me too. Uh, I'd hang out with Spider Girl. Most most horrifying, but... I'd hang out with Spider Girl. Most horrifying, but also Best Girl. So, no. <laughs> yeah. well, here's the of thing: they show. had a potential. They had a potential with Spider Girl to make a really attractive character, and mm. they didn't. 
Um, they they could have done that, and they it seems they elected not to, which is why your show has nothing. At least have a hot character. I also like how Spider Girl has to wear like the the kind of um, I don't even know what that style is called, but the like kind of spaghetti straps fully covers her in the front, mm-hmm. but has an open back because she just has fucking extra limbs right. there. That like what else <laughs> are you gonna do with those? Uh, did the art audio impress me? No. Did the story? Uh, you know what? I am nose across the board on this one. Just save us some time. <laughs> save some no. time. No. <laughs> this show is not interesting. Uh, Chris? Yeah, straight nose. Um, I, I mentioned earlier about the kind of deviant art feel that I got from it. Um, I feel like, again, if they did it better and maybe they just... I, I don't know what would have fixed it, honestly, but like... Someone had an interesting idea that just ended up being more corny than cool, mm-hmm. and that's right. what ended up happening with the show. So straight zeros. Dean? Yeah, I'm the same. I'm zeros all the way down. Nothing cool about the art necessarily. It, again, I think Chris is perfect when he points out. It's, it just all looks like DeviantArt OCs. Um, nothing cool about the audio. The storytelling was lackluster. First episode did not hook me at all because I hated every single one of these fucks. And uh, nothing about the show stood out in any positive way. Um, th- this was... This show felt like a slog, it man. really did. This was hard to watch. And it was short. Which, mm-hmm. like, it's, it's a shorter episode that felt yeah. longer. Right. Yeah. It's, it's really not good. And the... I don't know, man. Just like that. I, again, your show has nothing. And you didn't even give us an attractive character. Like, I don't... <laughs> I, I don't get it. I don't... <laughs> I feel like every decision made in this, like, cause to me, like, cause here's the thing shows. And I'm very serious about that. Cause, cause it's like shows that are, that are just shit, right? Anime that are just shit typically have at least, at least a best girl, right? They typically have at least an attractive character. Um, and, and they didn't even do that in this. I show. thought spider it's like was they missed, pretty attractive. Like they, I, I kind of like spider. I didn't think so. I think I just hated them all too much to find anybody attractive, but they, um, but at, I really wish, and the spider, <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, but the spider, like the spider legs bothered the fuck out of have them be long enough to do something with, how much cooler would it have been if she's following like kind of near the back of the group as they're walking down the dock and she's walking on, on the legs. And just kind of her body's just kind of hanging there, and she's walking on the leg. That would have been so much cooler. Like have them do something other than point threateningly at people. I don't. I don't know. It's every every <laughs> single thing in this show was a missed opportunity. I agree. Well, this has been Annie Files, episode thirty. Wow, what a note to end on. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <shit. Hey>. Welp. <laughs> Uh, we'll be back in two weeks to cover other, just the stuff that, uh, didn't fit nicely into its own category. And so we're lumping them all together. Next week should be shorter. We only have four shows to cover. Uh, this season has been fucking rough. We have so many shows (laughs) to talk about. Yeah, there's a lot of shows, but I also feel like we've had a few really solid We have shows. had a few really solid um, shows this season, and Darling in the Franks is still running, so, you know, we can watch that every week and um, yeah, exactly remind ourselves why we experience this hell, because occasionally, yeah. <laughs> occasionally, 
Occasionally, there is excellence. Yeah. <laughs> There's a quartz. The yeah. <laughs> Megalobox, 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 I think is is still incredible. I haven't watched any more of it, but I was already three episodes in um, when we did our episode on it. I, I, we've had some. We really have had some solid shows. It hasn't all been shit. It hasn't all been shit. Oh, good God! That is a wow. If that's the way, that's that's anime. There you go. It's not all I feel shit. Like, I feel like that. Uh, I mean, <laughs> anime is life. Life is anime. It's not all shit. Ah. <sighs> uh, so and then we have. But here's the thing. In four weeks. In four weeks, we have what I'm really excited about. Yeah, that's. Um, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna talk about that yet because stuff may change. Um, <laughs> I yeah. So in four weeks... Okay, fuck. I'll spoil it. In four weeks, we're covering sequels, all the, like, big-name shows that got sequels this season, which there's a lot of them. The one Dean is excited about is the new Fooly Cooly, but uh, it may not even be out by then. Uh, it already aired. Episode one already aired. The English dub aired. The Japanese dub isn't airing until November. Mm. Yeah, I'll still watch the dub. I probably will. Even if we don't cover it, I'm still going to watch it. We'll see. (laughs) Um, And there are also a few shows on this list, or not on this list, because I just missed them. Um, So I need to uh, fix that. Uh, It happens every season. Every now and then there are some shows that that end up getting looked over. It's uh, Yeah, uh, uh, find us in two weeks as we talk about Doreku, Last Period, Leighton Mystery Detective Agency, and Libra of Nil Admira. Admirai? Something. Admirari. 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 Oh, there is an extra R there. Admirari. Yeah. Tune in in two weeks as we fail to pronounce show names. Uh, You you can find this (laughs) show on YouTube. I upload all the live streams. uh, And eventually at some point I'll get around to uploading the edited versions of the podcast uh, at uh, the channel is Exerci. Uh you can find the show in podcast form at alternative internet radio that's A-I-R-A-D dot I-O or wherever podcasts are found um, whatever whatever podcast app you use we're there except Spotify uh, you can support this show on Patreon Patreon.com slash If you really like us. If someone ever backs, I'll get around to making rewards. I should probably make the rewards so people want to back the show. But that's not how my motivation works. <laughs> so back the show, and then maybe you'll get some rewards. <laughs> At the $1 level, we'll insult you live on the air. Uh, I've been Ryan. You can find me on Twitter at Xerce and on any list. User Xerce. Chris, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at K-R-U-E-G-E-R underscore Chris. I'm also a co-host of the Backward-Compatible.com podcast, where we talk about games and new media with a splash of academia. And I'm the co-host of the Doc and Kruger cast, the official podcast of Doc and Kruger Games. Where can people find you? I'm in a lot of places on the internet. I can be found on Twitter 
at Dino Files, no spaces, no dashes. I can be found on uh, my show. Dino Files can be found on Alternative Internet Radio. Uh, you can follow Alternative Internet Radio on Twitter at Altnet Radio, and uh, you can find where I write things on the Rogue File, RogueFile.com. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. I need a better outro. This show is part of the Alternative Internet Radio Podcast Network. For more great shows like this, visit AIR at AIRAD.io.